On the resurrection morning when all the dead in Christ shall rise, I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Weakness raised in power, ready to live in paradise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With the redeemed of God. Never stand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my sightness. Ready to live in glory land. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Youthful and happy I shall be I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Glorified with Him forever Death will be lost in victory I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed Never stand no more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness in of his likeness. Ready to live I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Eternal A hallelujah morning when the last trump of God shall sound. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, eternal grains, all bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, I'll have a new home of glory, glory, with the reading of God to stand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of Christ, likeness. ready to live. I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. This is your host, Bruce Kessler. Welcome to the Passion for Christ show. So glad to have you, friend. Hey, listen. I'm part of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ. Because you see, in him I found forgiveness. I found peace, joy, and happiness. And I am blessed beyond measure more than I ever deserve. My goal here is very simple, friend. That is to encourage you along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Hey, upcoming in our study segment, we're going to be talking and continuing to talk about the importance of Jesus' teachings. But first, before we get there, a few things along the way. Headline news. Get this. Some 250,000 coaches and student-athletes and others are expected to gather together at football fields all across the world and the country for something called Fields of Faith. It's a program from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, inviting all students from both public and private schools to meet together to pray, testify, and read the Bible. In Virginia, 
Director Derek Ellison said there are 16 schools came together for the event. And, uh, man, so kids all over from the country can come together and see what God is doing. And Washington Redskins player Chase Rullier uh, said that uh, going out and partying and chasing things you shouldn't be, you're going to be very lonely. But if you have a relationship with God, you're going to be very full. Your heart's going to be full of him. A Potomac. Falls High School cross-country runner Christina Gay also spoke to the crowd in Virginia, sharing her own personal testimony of faith. Running is just a way for me to worship the Lord, and I use it as an act of worship, and I use it to pray and just to be at peace. There you go, folks. 250,000 coaches, student-athletes, Meet across the country to pray and read the Bible. Amen, folks. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Well, man, get this. Get this. 13-year-old Joshua Lorette has spent the last four years raising thousands of dollars for his local food pantry. He recently donated Get this, folks, $12,583 that he slowly accumulated over the years. The Iowa teenager started his compassionate adventure in the third grade after he heard one of his classmates didn't have food for Thanksgiving. In response, Joshua asked his friends and family to donate canned foods and goods in lieu of his birthday. He was able to gather a hundred cans for his request to donate to the local food pantry. And he hasn't stopped since. And Joshua slowly built up the cash for most of his recent donations with bake sales and lemonade stands. Get that, folks. Get that. But uh, he wasn't just taking high donations. One woman who can only contribute a dollar, was allowed to choose anything that he wanted in one of his bake sales. And uh, the motivation behind Joshua's benevolent work is to help kids in school. He thinks that if kids are not thinking and being hungry, they will be more focused on school. Well, there you go, folks. There you go. Benevolent teenager raises over $12,000 for a local food pantry. Isn't that awesome, folks? How wonderful and how beautiful it is when you got young folks stepping up to the plate. Makes you wonder about what you have personally done for the Lord. Well, get this, folks. Get this. Attorneys representing a Christian website designer and graphic artist filed an appeal Friday against a Colorado law that could force her to promote messages about same-sex marriage that conflict with her religious beliefs. And the case here involves uh, the artist, her name is Lori Smith, and her studio, 303 Creative. Although Smith serves all customers, including LGBT ones, 
She says her faith prevents her from designing websites or graphics promoting same-sex marriage. The district court ruled against her, though, and but she's appealed Friday to the U.S. 10th Circuit Court of Appeals. The original 2016 complaint says Smith believes God is call, calling her to promote and celebrate his design for marriage by designing and creating custom wedding websites for weddings between one man and one woman only. But the Colorado law says if Smith's company designs websites celebrating promoting marriages between one man and one woman, it must also willingly design, create, and publish wedding websites celebrating promoting same-sex marriage. The law, the complaint alleges, violates U.S. Constitution Free Speech Clause, Free Exercise Clause, Equal Protection Clause, and Due Process Clause. Well, there you go, folks. Christian artist appeals decision forcing her to promote same-sex marriage. Folks, folks, pray, pray. This is a very troubling and very difficult situation. And this could happen to any brother and sister in Christ who owns and practices business in this world. And then that's our headline news for this broadcast. And now this day in church history. In 1637, trial begins for Anne Hutchinson, who will be exiled as a result and become a founder of Rhode Island. She had led religious meetings in her home and advocated a covenant of grace. Hallelujah, folks. This day in church history, in 1942, death of Bud Robinson, who was a Nazarene evangelist. And then finally, on this day in church history, in 1972, Americans intercept a a thought Leo communication ordering the deaths of 25-year-old Evelyn Anderson and 35-year-old Patrice Coulson, missionaries in King Cot, Laos. Their bodies are later found burned to death. The Pathot Leo were communists who hated Christianity because it contradicted the fundamental teachings of Marxism and posed serious problems to their control of people. And that's this day in church history. And now we have Name That Bible Character segment, folks. Here is your clue. The lame man shall leap like me. What animal am I? Here's your clue one more time. The lame man shall leap like me. What animal am I? We will reveal the answer following our study segment. So stay tuned, folks, for that exciting reveal in our final segment of Name That Bible Character. 
Welcome to our study for this segment. We're going to be continuing our study on the importance of Jesus' teachings today. You know, we began earlier in part one of talking about the fact that Jesus' teachings, you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. He told his many disciples in John chapter 6 that my words that I speak are spirit and they are life. And then finally in John chapter 12, we learn that we just can't reject his teachings because his word will judge us. And then we talked a little bit about in our part two of things that Jesus said that were to specific persons and not to people in general, not doctrinal theses or teachings. For instance, when he cured a man of leprosy, he told him specifically to go show thyself to a priest. Man and Jesus both were living under the Mosaical law at that time. And then uh, the, we talked about the uh, case of the Gentile woman of Canaan. You remember that Jesus uh, said to her that I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So uh, we know that, uh, that that statement in and of itself can't be just lifted out of context. And then finally, he talked a little to the thief, or we talked a little bit about the thief on the cross in Luke chapter 23, and we discussed the fact that that was not a doctrinal statement, not instruction in righteous living or in moral teaching, but that Jesus was rewarding the thief for his faith and conduct at that given moment. And so now we're going to be talking about how that Jesus taught by symbols and sometimes figurative of speech and parables. Parables, if you remember, are illustrations that teaches a spiritual lesson. And many things and many teachings of Jesus must be applied by principle and in principle. So we want to talk just a little bit about some of, uh, of those symbols and figures of speech and parables and their meanings for instance let's turn to matthew chapter 5 so friend get your bible get ready get excited about the lord's study today in matthew chapter 5 we're going to be reading in verse 27 so get your cup of coffee or whatever it is your drink my friend and let's get studying the word of god i'm gonna have a little sip of my my cup of coffee as well, so we can get going and get excited and pumped for the Lord. So there you go, friend. There you go. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. And you heard, and it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. So Jesus is saying, hey, if your right eye causes you to sin, just pluck it out, cast it away. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Now, is Jesus talking about literally cutting your hands and plucking your eyes out, friend? No. But he is talking about 
a spiritual meaning. He is using hard language here, very difficult and powerful language, in order to speak and teach a spiritual truth. And that truth is, you and I, friend, need to cut away whatever is so precious, whatever is so dear, whatever is so important that causes us to stumble, fall away from, or deny us a close relationship with Jesus Christ. The question is, friend, are you allowing those things? This is a hard teaching. And I think this is where a lot of people in a lot of areas of their lives stumble very much. So Jesus was teaching in a figurative language here, but teaching a spiritual truth. Just cut it away. Whatever is causing you to stumble, just cut it off. Just cut it away. Get rid of it. Well, we have another case in Matthew chapter 7. So turn with me there, friend. Turn with me there. If you remember, we're just talking about the fact that Jesus, many teachings of Jesus, were taught by figures of speech, parables, and they must be applied in principle. There's a spiritual truth that he wants us to glean. For example, in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 6, do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. Now, who spends time giving what is holy to dogs who in their right minds are casting pearls before pigs well no one this is just simply figures of speech using successfully by jesus to teach a spiritual truth and that truth is don't waste holy matters on people who are not worthy or People who show that they despise those spiritual and holy things. Don't waste your time, is what Jesus is saying. Be smart about who you're talking with. Understand who you're talking with. Don't waste any more precious time than you need to on certain people. And I'm just sorry to say, we've got to make that kind of judgment. And, in fact, when you... Uh, think about it. Uh, don't give what is holy to dogs. Don't cast your pearls before God, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. In the process, you become uh, harmed by the fact that you were trying to impress upon them something that they were, one, uh, are not wanting, and number two, they don't want to hear. So you got to be careful. Don't, I mean, don't, this is even goes to the, the, the level of don't impose your faith on others who simply don't want it. Don't waste your time. This is spiritual good advice, spiritual meaning. And uh, we need to pay attention to this. These are not optional principles. We, we think all these things that Jesus is talking about, Matthew 5 and Matthew 7, the optional points that we can just, Pick and choose. Well, no, these are spiritual meaning, spiritual purposes. Time Jesus spent to teach us some spiritual truth. We need to obey. Put into practice. Matthew chapter 6. Turn with me there. Matthew chapter 6 in verse 20. 
Matthew chapter 6, in verse, well, let's start in verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus says, don't lay up treasures in heaven. Well, who do you see literally laying treasures in heaven? Heaven is a great distance away. Who do you see doing that? Well, obviously, he's speaking of a spiritual truth. And that truth here is talks about your heart. And you need to put your money, time, and energy, you need to invest solely and completely in spiritual matters. Heaven needs to be that goal. And everything that we are about needs to point to that goal and help us succeed in that goal. Now, there's a couple of things that I want to bring to your attention here as we... Uh, as we draw to a close, I got two more illustrations, two more points, and they both have to do with uh, this idea of figures of speech. In this particular case, we're going to be talking about the figure of resemblance. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 7. You no doubt remember the two houses, one built upon a rock and the other built upon the sand. So let's read that, friend. Let's read that. Glory, hallelujah. Say amen with me. Amen. Glory, hallelujah. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. And it says this. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him. Now there's the word employed, like. That indicates that the figure of resemblance is going to be employed by Jesus. So Jesus says, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. What a wonderful picture, right? It's very vivid. It's an illustration that Jesus is making of a person who hears the word of God and who applies it by action to his and her life. This one is standing firm on the solid foundation of God's wonderful dynamic word. Even though the storms come and unbelief is raging around them. But Jesus is not finished. Now, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like, there's that word like again, indicating that figure of resemblance. A foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Again, that picture is so clear and so vivid that it leaves very little to our imagination. In fact, uh, for added emphasis, the two pictures are set in contrast one against the other. The one hearing, and walking on the word of God is contrasted with the one who is not. The house built upon the rock is contrasted with the house that's built on the sand. The steadfastness of one is contrasted with the insecurity of the other. Now, the language that Jesus employs here, house, 
building of sand, rock, is loaded with all kinds of dynamic emphasis, pictures so clear, so that you and I can comprehend the truth that God's Word is important and that God's Word is being taught in these verses. It's a spiritual truth that Jesus is trying to get us to see. It's not something that we could pick and choose. It's a spiritual truth or spiritual principle that is important and must be applied, must be obeyed. You either will hear the word of God and do them, or you won't. And Jesus contrasts what those decisions and the outcome will be. You either fit one of those, friend, one of the one of them. You either are or you're not. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 24, verse 2 and 3 makes this statement and it shall be as with the people so with the priest as with the servant so with his master as with the maid so with her mistress as with the buyer so with the seller as with the lender so with the borrower as with the creditor so with the debtor the land will be utterly emptied and utterly plundered for the Lord has spoken this and as you notice in our reading in Isaiah 24 here, 2 and 3, the words as and so indicate that this figure that's employed is one of figure of resemblance. And you will notice that they are used six times in verse 2 alone. And the emphasis is made very strongly that absolutely everybody in the land was going to be affected by this situation. There's lots of differences between a servant and his master, yet here they have one point of likeness. They both will be affected by the judgment of God. And that, that emphasis is so strong that as you read down through verse 2, that by the time you get to the end of the verse, you're already wondering what's going to happen to these people. And the climax of that, statement comes in verse 3 when you discover that the land is going to be emptied unplundered. So we can see here that these are some very powerful ways that Jesus taught spiritual truth by many, many different ways. Figures of speech, parables, illustrating and teaching spiritual lessons and those principles, those spiritual truths must be obeyed, folks. Must be obeyed. So we looked at Matthew chapter 5. If thy right hand offend thee, cut it off. We looked at Matthew chapter 7, verse 6. Give not that which is holy to the dogs. Cast pearls before the swine. We looked at Matthew chapter 6, verse 20. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. We looked at... Um, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 and 27, remembering the two houses, one built upon the rock and the other built on sand. Folks, these are spiritual principles employed by Jesus through teachings of symbols and figures of speech and parables in order to teach you and I outstanding spiritual truths. And you and I, they're not meant to be obeyed literally, but spiritually. 
And that's why Jesus taught them. And they can't be ignored, friend. And that's our study for this broadcast in church history. And now we have the final conclusion to name that Bible character. Here was your clue. The lame man shall leap like me. What animal am I? The answer is heart. A heart. Isaiah 35, 5 and 7. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert. The lame man shall leap like meat. What animal am I? The heart. In name that Bible character. Well, folks, you too can become a follower of Jesus Christ. If you believe, repent, ask for forgiveness, accept him as your Lord and Savior, and you will find peace, joy, and happiness, and be blessed beyond measure more than you ever deserve, and follow him the rest of your life. My goal here has been very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. If you ever come through Norman, Oklahoma, stop by and visit with us at the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ or visit our website, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com. Well, friend, I just want to say this. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless you. I am so happy now. You may be asking how. Nothing would keep me down because my heart is safe and sound. Oh, how my Lord was true. my Lord was true. When my life seemed life seemed dark and no one could take from me the gift that set me free. Jesus has given me, given me His wonderful grace, you see. Jesus died for me, so I sing this song because I'm looking to eternity. Once I was lost in sin, no one would take me in. I was beyond repair and oh, my life was in despair. Oh, how my Lord was true, my Lord was true. When my life seemed, life seemed dark and no one could take from me. Jesus has given me, given me His wonderful grace. Jesus died for so me. I sing this song because I'm looking to eternity. Jesus has given, given me, me His wonderful grace. Jesus died for so me. So I sing this song because I'm looking to eternity. I am so happy now. So you may be asking how. Nothing will keep me down because my heart is safe and sound. Oh, how my Lord is true. Oh, my Lord is true. When my life seemed, life seemed dark and no one can take from me. No one takes from me. Gift that set me free.